Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Ephraim Pilch, the online editorial director from Laptop Magazine at Laptop.com. And a bit later, we'll hear from outspoken tech writer Peter Cohen. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Now, Abram, glad to have you back on the show. And the first thing I want to ask you about, just very briefly, these lurid headlines on cable TV about this horrible security bug called Heartbleed, which involves an open source software called OpenSSL. Can you tell our listeners a bit about what it's about? Sure. So what's really going on is a lot of sites use OpenSSL software to protect your, to encrypt your um, your connection to them. And there was major bug detected in, in that. The reason it's called Heartbleed is that the, tech, uh, the technology was technically called Heartbeat. This is a Heartbleed because it's bleeding out your information. A lot of the major sites have been affected, but a lot haven't. Uh, so it's important to check some of the lists that are out there. Uh, we we have a list of the major sites. Uh, if you go to our sister site, tomsguide.com, which is also run by the laptop staff, uh, you'll see some major articles about Heartbleed and which sites are affected. Yahoo is a major site that's affected, and there are a couple of banks that are affected. Google has said that I think they used uh, OpenSSL at one time, but they don't anymore, which begs the question of whether or not someone might have invaded them at some time. The problem with these kind of attacks is they're completely invisible. They leave no trace. So a company could have been, all the companies that are affected say, hey, we haven't had any attacks, but we honestly don't know for a fact. And they don't know for a fact whether they've been attacked or not. Uh, You want to make sure that the sites, that whatever site you're going to, uh, if they had the issue, they've patched it, and then you want to change your password. You don't want to ch- go in there and log in there and change your password if they haven't patched, which I would expect at this point that a few days passing that uh, most of the big sites would have would have made a change. But if they haven't, you don't want to log in because simply the act of logging in could expose your information. Those that have had it, once you do log in, what you need to do, you do want to change your password and you want to change the password of any other site you might have used that password for. So if you use the same password on a couple of different sites and one of them is affected by Heartbleed, uh, you should go to the other sites and change the password there too. Those of you who go to our two sites, technightowl.com and thepowercast.com, we were informed by our host that the OpenSSL version we use is not impacted. Also, it's reported that the open SSL version that's part of iOS and OS 10 are similarly not impacted by this. Yeah, it's not all versions of open SSL. I believe it's some of the newer versions of open SSL, but newer being meaning a couple of years old. So if someone is using and a lot of sites just stick with something, if it works, are using OpenSSL from a few years ago, but that isn't affected. Uh, so again, it's just really important. There's really no way as a user for you to know what the websites you use are using, what OpenSSL they're using, whether they're using OpenSSL or some other encryption technology. So you have to trust, for better or worse, you have to kind of trust self-disclosure 
on the part of on a part of these sites. On the other hand, if there's some concern, if you're working with a smaller, if you're using a smaller site and you're logged in there, that could that could be an issue. Uh, but there are a lot of sites that are not affected. Uh, we don't think the the major social media sites, uh, Facebook, for example, are are affected. So it's uh, it's really a matter of kind of looking at some of the lists that are out there online and then uh, figuring out what to do, uh, which which passwords to change. Now, just to mention here, if you do have a website hosted by one of the hosting providers like Namesheep or iWeb or one of those, what you need to do is contact their support people and ask. Usually by now they will have sent out a memo to you as a customer indicating what to do if there's a problem and how to fix it. But the more control you have over your site, the more power you have to do this update. So as I said, the hosting providers that we deal with didn't have the problem, so we're happy with that. But boy, they really play up things like this because you wonder, if something like this so widely used on so many sites can be impacted, is anything safe anymore? I mean... Hopefully, I, I had a friend who posted to uh, posted something to Facebook the other day, which I agree with. Which is uh, the idea of passwords is insecure. So even if you have a strong password, it's not the most secure thing because look how easily passwords can be stolen. So I think a lot of people are looking for what comes after passwords. Uh, I would I would vote for biometrics for fingerprint reading. Although there's a lot of fingerprint readers that aren't quite um, up to the task of getting your finger right every time, it can be a little bit of a hassle. And I think the biggest problem with a lot of biometric, with most biometric setups, is that there's always a password workaround. So what good is a security if I can get in with my fingerprint, but then again, if it's smudged and I can't get in with my fingerprint, there's a password way to get in because that's exactly how the hacker would get in. So. There needs to be some some things where some forms of login which just don't have any kind of password workaround. It's purely biometric, or there's some other uh, some other method of authentication to know that you are you. But uh, yeah, what we're what we're seeing is that passwords, even the strongest ones, are are way too weak, especially if the mechanism in which they're stored can be broken. Then it doesn't matter what your password is. As a matter of fact, just as an example, under OS X Mavericks, for example, they have something called iCloud Keychain. It's also on iOS 7 from Apple. And with iCloud Keychain on a Mac, what this means is it will select for you, optionally, a strong password. Very strong password. But it doesn't matter if all the passwords are passed into the open. Doesn't mean a thing. Yeah, exactly. There's just too many. There's just too many different holes uh, out there, and there are just a, we're all relying on on a patchwork of of different companies to protect our most precious data. And there and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot at risk. I mean, you used to fear that, and I still sometimes fear that when you use a credit card at a store. The store clerk would, you know, would would take a copy of the number and sell it to a friend, and and they'd go wild with your credit card. But that's the least that's the least likely problem right now. Uh, it's more likely that you go to the ATM to take out money, and 
they're skimming skimming it off of you or you innocently buy something at Target and someone is someone is capturing all of the credit card and and AT and debit card information that goes into Target. Uh, so it really um, you know when it comes to e-commerce but also when it just comes to our personal information it's very hard um, it's very hard to avoid trusting someone trusting places with your data i think the best thing that a person can do is try and limit the points of um, vulnerability by creating fewer membership accounts and using more universal services uh, to for especially for payments so one thing that concerns me a lot is you know is logging into to a site to do e-commerce and then i give them my credit card and then supposedly they're not supposed to store your credit card they're just supposed to get confirmation but who knows well you know with amazon and some other vendors they can optionally store your credit card information so of course you can use one click ordering and everything apple does but as you say that may not be the best thing to do let's just keep our money under our mattress or use credits, no, not even Bitcoin. They broke into that, too. Avram Pilch joins us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. 
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we start our discussion with the open SSL bug, and it makes you kind of fearful about doing anything online. What about these apps that do password management, where they store everything under a single master password? Does that work? Yes and no. I mean, it's, it's, probably, it, it's probably a really good idea to use one. Because if you use one, then what you'll do is you'll start to you'll start to use really, really strong passwords, like things that no human can remember. Uh, and then that's really good until you get locked out of your, uh, out of your password manager. You're somewhere where you, where you don't have access to your password manager. So that's a little, that can be a bit of a challenge. Um, now, some of these, I believe there were some password managers that were affected by the Heartbleed uh, vulnerability which can be a little bit frightening. So if you're going to use a password manager, you might want to use one that is an that is offline instead of online. I mean, online service is great because it's going to uh, be in the cloud wherever you go. But if you use something like KeePass, which is available for every platform and lives on your local machine, that that's probably a little bit more secure in the sense that um, it's, as, it's as secure as your machine is. 
at least at least you have con- at least you have complete ownership over the data and it's encrypted. So uh, you know it's it's a mixed bag. Overall, I, I think that it's a good idea that password managers are a good idea. Uh, even better is to be able to come up with password strategy that is both extremely secure but easy enough for you to remember. So just have a photographic memory and you'll be all set. That's like the character in the TV show Unforgettable, where she has a photographic memory and remembers everything. I don't know if you've seen that on CBS. It's now kind of what they call the spring-summer series. And it's really, really good in one sense where she's a very cheerful character, the woman who plays the lead character with the great memory. It's Poppy Montgomery. You remember her from, I forget the name of the show. You see? Without a Trace. Without a Trace, right. She's Australian. You don't realize this when you hear her. But she was one of the stars Without a Trace, and now she's on Unforgettable. But I forgot her name, and I forgot the show. And before I forget anything else, let's get to another subject. Okay, so Samsung's flagship smartphone, the Galaxy S5, is out there. You guys at Laptop Magazine got one. Any early reactions? Love it. Absolutely love it. Fantastic phone. Great camera. Really strong, improved battery life. Gorgeous screen. Uh, Powerful, powerful phone. Really uh, highly, highly recommended. Uh, one of the best phones, one of the best phones on the market. Of course, some will. There will be some folks who may want the HTC One M8 because of its attractive metal design. Uh, I think a lot of people are still a little. Some people are still off put by the non-aluminum, you know, plastic design of Samsung phones. Uh, but Samsung's even stepped up and improved the, the design by having a new soft touch uh, textured back panel. Uh, but really, that's the least. Uh, that's the least of the things people should really be thinking about. They should be thinking about what can this phone do for you, and this phone can do a lot. Uh, it lasts over nine hours on a charge, uh, which is really good. The Galaxy S4 was lasting about five and a half hours on the same battery test. Our battery test involves continuous surfing over 4G. Um, it takes really great 16 megapixel pixel 16 megapixel pictures. That's a tongue twister. We have a cheat sheet here of famous tongue twisters, and we're going to add that one to the list here. 16 okay. megapixel pictures. Say uh, that five times fast backwards. <laughs> so my boss, editor in chief Mark Spoonauer, uh, took it, and he took the HTC One M8, which is another leading Android phone, and the uh, and the iPhone 5s. And he went out and he took pictures of the same subjects, uh, one after the other, with the three phones. And he found that uh, almost universally there was more detail uh, and more detail and more vibrant colors in the Samsung photos than in the iPhone photos. However, in low light, there was a little bit of blurriness in the Samsung photo that you you got a slightly better low light uh, out of the iPhone 5s. Uh, and the HTC One was no, One M8 was not close to either of them. So you're, you're getting really, really strong camera performance. You're getting real-time HDR. It's, even in the previews, you're getting high dynamic range. You know the high dynamic range, uh, and you get it in video. 
so that's really impressive. You get all the great camera features, although they've kind of toned down the interface for the camera, so you have to download some of the extra features, which you can get as a free download because they're they're trying to make, to make the interface look simpler. I would have preferred they just preloaded all of the features that you could get, but still. Uh, lots of cool things that you can do. In fact, there's a new shot and more mode, which uh, allows you to you take a picture and then it lets you choose which of these uh, special modes you want to apply. Whereas before you had to know beforehand, um, before you took a shot, do I want a racer mode, which which edits out someone who's walking across my picture, or do I want best face mode, which lets me pick the best face for each person in a group picture. Now you don't have to figure out which of these you need. I mean, after all, you kind of will know, you wouldn't know it before you took the picture, right? You just put it in shot in more mode and then it lets you know after you've finished shooting which of these things are available to you and which, and lets you decide whether or not to use them. So, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I think the cameras, the other big thing about the camera that's, that's huge actually is that it focuses a lot faster. So it's supposed to focus in about 0.3 seconds as opposed to taking like a second. Uh, it was the original Galaxy S4 and the Galaxy Note 3, which I own, are kind of notoriously slow to shoot. Uh, they give good quality, but slow but slow to capture images, and uh, this is much faster. Uh, so uh, that's all a big step forward. The phone is waterproof. Uh, you can drop it in wa- in up to a meter of water for up to 30 minutes, and it will be fine. Uh, that's, that's pretty significant. Um, and, of course, it's got a faster processor and the new Snapdragon, Qualcomm Snapdragon 801 processor. The screen is made to to look a lot better in sun, direct sunlight. We put it up against the iPhone and the HC1 in direct sunlight this afternoon, and I can tell you for a fact that uh, that it was much easier to see uh, to see a picture on the Samsung Galaxy S5 than on the other than on its competitors. Let's get into a couple of quick questions here before we get on to other topics here. Okay, that was the problem I had with the Galaxy S3 and the Galaxy S4, which is that if you took the thing out in bright sunlight, the picture totally washed away, and it was pretty much unusable, which, of course, I guess was a pretty common criticism. Now, I want to ask you about one more thing before we get on to other subjects, and that'll be for our next segment, which is the fingerprint sensor, which I gather you swipe it on the Galaxy S5 as opposed to touching it on the iPhone 5S. But we'll get some answers about that in a moment. Our guest is Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $33,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $33,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886- 3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. 
is giving you a preliminary review in progress as they test the Samsung Galaxy S5 flagship smartphone. Okay, the fingerprint sensor. Now, some of the tests I've read say it's not quite up to the level of the iPhone 5S. Now, Touch ID is not perfect. So this is less perfect? Sometimes you have to swipe it more than once, and that is that is annoying. I think that's true of most fingerprint readers that I've used on laptops uh, and any device that has a fingerprint reader. They all could be a little bit better. Uh, this one, you do have to swipe down, whereas the iPhone is is seems to be more accurate, and you only have to place your your finger down rather than swiping it. So it's not quite as as good as the iPhones, but it's still a pretty neat feature. Uh, and it does something that the iPhone does not do with fingerprint recognition, which is it gives you a couple of additional things you can do besides just unlocking the phone. One is that there's a private mode where you can specially encrypt some of your data so that someone would need to, even if your phone was unlocked, swipe again with the fingerprint to get to that data. And you can use it to pay with PayPal. The setup process is a bit of a bear. We tried it and you have to do all kinds of things. It takes a few minutes to set up the PayPal uh, finger swiping. Uh, but once you do it, it's instead of asking you for your password and instead of remembering your PayPal password, which could also be dangerous in some way, you, you simply have to, you have to swipe a finger to confirm PayPal payment. Now, that's PayPal only. It doesn't work for Amazon or any other way you might pay, but other vendors could implement the technology. Samsung Galaxy S5, we'll hear more about it as the testing progresses. Now, let me ask you here. Microsoft has made some interesting announcements recently. First, of course, they released Office for the iPad, which sold, I think, like 12 million copies, or at least they downloaded 12 million copies in the first week, and sales of Office 365 are going well. Is it interesting that they were able to get a pure-touch version of Office available for the Mac platform before Windows 8? It tells you a lot about the silo problems that Microsoft has had in terms of trying to get their own divisions of their own company on board. I think it's pretty obvious that the Office team should have had a touch version of Office uh, day and date available with Windows 8. They're already uh, they're already about a year and a half to two years behind where they should have been. Uh, and and it's kind of a joke too because Office 2013 uh, has a touch mode, which is an insult. Uh, really, all it does is it makes the ribbon icons like 10% or 20% bigger uh, in desktop mode. Now, when I was at Build, they showed uh, a small preview of what Office for Windows 8.1 would look like. It looked pretty decent, but um, it's kind of embarrassing that they haven't they haven't come out with this. But I think that's where the new CEO, Satya Nadella, can step in and maybe get these different parts of the company to work together. Even if you're not working there, it's obvious that there's some kind of internal disorganization or conflict or something between some of these groups uh, when you have the flagship product not supporting the flagship operating system. And that's been going on for a long time, too. I remember when Windows 7 came out in 2009, Office 2010 uh, came out shortly thereafter, and, and I had a briefing with 
uh, the people from Office 2010, and I was asking them whether they supported some of the new Windows uh, 7 features that were available. Windows 7 actually brought in some interesting new touch features, and they said, no, we haven't had time to worry about Windows 7. We've been working on this uh, you know, since before Windows 7, or we, we, we heard about Windows 7 too late in our development process to incorporate anything special for Windows 7. And I thought, but it's the same company. Shouldn't you know, shouldn't you know better? So um, I think that's the problem that they have is that they're siloed and they're not communicating. And that's pretty obvious. But somebody said to them, hey, there's some money to be made here and coming out with Office for iPad, and they've done it. Probably. And it's pretty good, by the way. I've read the reviews on it, and I've tried it myself. And you have to think about this. This is the first major app that Microsoft has done for the iOS. They've done another Office-related product, but a pretty simple kind of thing. And this is you know, a major, major sprawling suite of software, and they did a really credible job. Performance is really good, as if they really knew what they were doing. They got out a version with very few bugs of any note. They don't print yet. That will be added later. There's an air print feature in iOS that allows you to print to certain printers which have that feature. And they didn't support it out of the starting gate, but you kind of expect that Microsoft will get there. But they're able to do this, go to a platform that they're not super familiar with because they haven't done much for it, and get something out that really, really is a credible touch-based app but they can't do it for Windows yet. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of embarrassing and and a problem all at the same time. But uh, hopefully the wheels will be turning in the right direction at Microsoft. Uh, maybe this change of leadership will maybe this change of leadership will inspire Microsoft to be a little bit more customer centric uh, and a little bit less kind of looking inward at what they would like people to do and more looking outward at how people are using uh, their products or want to use their products. Uh, I think the biggest example of that was the big reveal that we're finally going to get the start menu back, the real start menu back. Well, it's about time that they're paying attention, not do what we want you to do, but do what makes sense for the customer and makes sense for Microsoft. Obviously, if a lot of people order Office 365 subscriptions because of Office for the iPad. And it's a pretty good deal. Let me define this, everybody, here. Okay, for a consumer, home user, home pro, for $9.99 a month or $99 a year, and you get a discount for the first year if you go to Amazon, you get Office license for five computers, mixed Mac and PC, five tablets being Windows tablet or iPad. Okay, you get... 20 gigabytes of storage space on one drive, 60 minutes of calling on Skype for each month. When you add it together, you know, if you're just going to use Office for the iPad, it doesn't make sense. Use iWork. But if you already have a version of Office there, you get the subscription, you're going to get the updates every year, and there's going to be a new version for the Mac coming up. And as Avram says, they're going to get a touch-based version for Windows too. So that price actually begins to make a lot of sense. I thought it was overpriced until I started separating it. Oh, five licenses. I can get a copy of Office for my son, who's a writer. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that they're realizing that software as a service is a good idea. I mean, I think that's where they've wanted people to go. 
and they have such stiff competition from free services that they can't they have to give you a little bit better deal than they did on office in the past. I mean, remember when you could, you couldn't really sniff office for less than like $400 for one license. And now you, you have these subscription fee things where you're, you're able to get five licenses. Well, on the other hand, there's a lot of free alternatives. So while office is the, the real thing, so to speak, the one that people, people want, it's, it, there's also a lot of ways to avoid using Office and, and get compatibility with those documents for free. I mean, there's Kingsoft Office, there's Open Office, uh, there's Google Docs. So there are a lot of things. There's a lot of software out there that gives you that functionality for free. So you know, if Microsoft is going to try and keep charging people for this, they they better um, they better make it affordable. And the thing is, too, they make it affordable. More people who might otherwise have tried the free alternatives will say, you know, I'll get the real thing. It's not that more expensive, not much more expensive. We have Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. It's time for a home security quiz. What effective home security device is smaller than a coffee cup, fakes out burglars into thinking someone is home at your house while you're away, plugs into any wall outlet, is recommended by many police departments, and sells for less than $30? 
Yes, it's fake TV. This year, about one in every 50 U.S. homes will have a break-in, with burglars usually picking the easy target, a dark house that looks like no one is home. Fake TV is a small electronic security device that makes it look like someone is home watching TV by simulating the light from a real TV. Fake TV could be the difference between coming home to a secure house or one that's been ransacked. To get your fake TV for only $29.95 with free shipping, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105, 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today, 866-257-3105. What's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Avram Pilch joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live. Later on, we'll hear from Peter Cohen. Now, we got into the subject of Microsoft, the changes made here, of course with Office for the iPad and with the development version you were mentioning of Office for Windows 8 with real touch capability, not this half-baked version. And now, correct me if I'm wrong here, they've changed the licensing terms on Windows. So for screens smaller than nine inches, it's free to the manufacturer. Is that correct? Right. Whether or not this actually has an impact on consumers is still an open question, but they are starting to give away windows for certain form factors. They said right now, anything with a screen below nine inches, the the manufacturers do not have to pay licensing fees. Now, it's pretty obvious why Microsoft would want to do that. They want to become a force in the budget tablet space. Frankly, they want to become a force in the tablet space, period. But they know that tablets below nine inches are very are a very price sensitive, very price sensitive bunch. So you can't compete against the Kindle Fires of the world, the Nexus Sevens of the world, and even uh, things like the new Lenovo uh, IdeaPad A7, which costs one hundred and twenty nine dollars list price. You can't compete against those Android alternatives if you're charging the manufacturer a hefty licensing fee. So, in fact, a lot of manufacturers end up paying patent fees to Microsoft anyway uh, on, on Android 
Microsoft may be making more money on Android than Google is. Isn't that the dirty secret? So now here's your interesting choice. You can pay Microsoft to get to put Android on your tablet, or you can get Windows for free. So they're trying to to push that market, to motivate that market. It'll be interesting to see whether they can do that. Part of it is gotta part of the motivation has to come from Intel. Intel has to make sure that the pricing for uh, for Bay Trail chips, the kind of Atom chip that you really want to use in those small tablets, is is affordable such that uh, companies can come out with that low-cost Windows tablet uh, and be price competitive with the Android tablets that largely use chips from, from, ARM manufa- from ARM-based manufacturers like MediaTek and Qualcomm. So we'll have to see whether this savings is passed along to the user. What we know now is that 8-inch... Windows 8 tablets are still remarkably expensive. You you still end up paying, I think, a minimum of $300 for one where you can get 10-inch Android tablets for less and you can get a competent 7-inch Android tablet for like 130 bucks. So uh, if they're trying to break into the budget space, they're going to need to do uh, – they're going to need things to be a little bit cheaper. Uh, and that's what they're doing. Same with Windows Phone. Windows Phone is now going to be free to manufacturers, too. Will that encourage manufacturers to start really building them? I understand also that the system requirements have been lightened, and that will supposedly get more handset makers to consider it? Yeah, the system requirements have been lightened. You can do it with with worse hardware. There are a couple of Chinese companies that have signed on now uh, to do Windows Phone that weren't doing it before, and Samsung is apparently coming out with another couple of Windows phones that they weren't coming out with before. So uh, it seemed like other companies such as Samsung and HTC were walking away from Windows phone. But now now at least Samsung is tempted to get to get back in the game. Now, for, Sam, for somebody like Samsung, Samsung is a, in particular is a company that's always willing to experiment and come out with something and have it maybe not sell so well or just hit a, a small niche market. I don't think HTC can afford to do that. I don't think Motorola can afford to do that. These companies can't afford to put out something that's for a narrow niche or might fail. But, um, but Samsung can afford to experiment with it, and I guess why not? I mean, they're coming out with Tizen phones now, too. Is there going to be more momentum? Well, Windows Phone is technically the fastest-growing op- phone operating system around, but it still makes up only 3.9% as of February of the global market, where you have Android and iOS uh, together taking up 80-something or 90%, and BlackBerry pretty much not a blip. Black who? Um, exactly. So... It is growing, but it's not growing fast enough. Of course, one of the issues with Windows Phone that continues to be an issue is it is not very flexible as an operating system. It doesn't provide a lot of customization options to the user, and it doesn't provide a lot to the um, to the manufacturer to help them provide a custom experience. So Windows Phone 8.1 is coming. Uh, that's the next update to the OS, and we had a chance to spend a lot of time with it at Build, and it adds some nice uh, new features that allow it to catch up to Android and iOS in a few areas, but it's still not as customizable as Android. And you know, you might argue that 
well, it's okay. Uh, Apple has succeeded with something that's not very customizable, but they're the only manufacturer uh, making those phones. So uh, unless uh, people really feel like the hardware is the hardware from the Lumias, maybe, or whatever, is so good and so compelling that they have to get it. I think Microsoft is still fighting an uphill battle for mobile, and the operating system is getting better, but it's getting better only in the sense that it's it's getting better mainly in the sense that it's it's getting parity with some features that Android maybe had two years ago. We're talking about a voice assistant for one. Right. Named so, after a character in a game. So the voice assistant seems pretty good. I tried it out, but it has a long way to go. And the question is, once it gets there, will people like it better than Siri or better than Google Now? Uh, one thing I will say for it is, amongst all three of the major voice assistants, it is the most uh, transparent about what it knows about you. So Google Now, uh, Google Now, not just the voice assistant part of it, but that whole uh, alert service where it tells you, hey, I know you're heading to work now. This is how long it's going to take you. Or, hey, I know you're a big fan of the sports team. Here's the score or whatever based on your activity. There's very limited ability on Google now to go in there and either erase or update or or view uh, it, the preferences that it uses to give you this personalized information. It's kind of a black box. On Siri, I think it's... Well, on Siri, you don't really have something quite like Google now, but what Siri knows about you, I think, is also kind of a black box. But Cortana has a really neat feature that I like called Notebook, where you can go in and you can actually see her entire dossier on you. You can see who she thinks your relatives are. You can see what team she thinks you like. Now, what's not yet clear from our um, experience with it is how well uh, she can learn these things, how much of this she can learn on her own and how much you have to train her. Because some of the thing, things in the notebook, uh, while it's great that you can see what she has on you, you shouldn't necessarily have to go in there and fill it out. And in, in some cases, like to, to tell it, hey, uh, this person's a relative, it didn't, I don't know yet if it can get that data from, uh, from your Facebook or something like that. So one of the big tricks that they showed during the build keynote was somebody saying, like, call, remind me to call my sister. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. It knows who his sister is. And then I went and I looked at the phone, and yeah, there's a whole interface for you to add nicknames for people, and you can just nickname this person your sister. So That way, uh, by the way, if you hate your sister, you could use a nickname that may not be so kind her uh yeah that that too uh so you know I, I like the transparency of cortana it still doesn't have nearly as many uh custom answers for you as google now does or as siri does so uh, you know one of the the neat things about uh google now and siri is when you ask something and it's able to give you a direct answer rather than just throwing search results on the screen because if it throws search results on the screen, then it's not talking to you. You have to look at it, and it doesn't. It feels kind of like it feels like a fail. It doesn't feel like wow, I, I got a voice assistant here. Um, and with with Cortana uh, in my testing of it, I you know briefly at their show, I found 
uh, not a lot of instances where I asked a question and it gave me a direct answer. Like, um, like on you know Google Now, if I ask it, who's the prime minister of Japan, it's going to tell me. Well, you see, uh, of course, Cortana is a politician. That's why it doesn't give you a direct answer. I'm kidding. We have Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Call me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. 877-996-4327, extension 128. That's 877-996-4327, extension 128. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the character is Cortana, and she is from a game, and the same voice actress plays them. What I heard from Microsoft is that it's not 100% her voice uh, in the voice assistant, that apparently they've used bits of of that actress's voice and bits of some other woman's voice. I don't know what the percentage is. I don't know, you know, I'm not, it's not quite, quite clear. One thing that we haven't gotten to play with, really haven't gotten to play with the operating system yet, but I'd love to see what types of voices it gives you if you go into, if you change your country. Because uh, astute iPhone fans will know that if you change your country to Britain, I believe Siri becomes a man. And by the way, you have a choice in Siri of which language you want, which is going to be English, United States, or English, United Kingdom. Let's try English, United Kingdom. 
and see what, and it chooses a male voice. Okay, and let me see how it works. Who is this? Ah, uh, you're not listening to anything. All right. I don't know. That's a poor imitation of a Brit. What do you think? Eh, I think it's okay. You know what? You know what these folks should do? I'm giving them an open source idea here. Anybody who's listening from the tech industry, this is a million dollar idea. Actually, million dollars, nothing these days. A billion dollar idea. It, although I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone is already working on it because it's so obvious. Celebrity voices. What they should do is they should give you a choice of voice plugins for your assistant. They should get some famous people in, get them to record, to spend a few hours recording whatever words and phrases they need to form all the answers. And, and they, should get, they should sell upgrade packs. I'll tell you what, I want Samuel L. Jackson. Because if he tells you something, you believe him. Exactly. I mean, they, you know, it's kind of limitless. I, I, I would kind of like the guy who did the voice for Hal in 2001. I think that would be a great voice assistant. I'm sorry, Abram. I can't do that. Yeah, exactly. It would be, it would be kind of fun. Uh, I remember a few years back there uh, when people were still buying standalone GPS units for cars, which they rarely do these days. There was one that came out that was the um, Knight Rider GPS. And the Knight Rider GPS had you know would sort of greet you as William Daniels the voice of Kit from Knight Rider unfortunately i think the voice that would guide you around was not his voice you know that would tell you to turn left or right uh, but you'd get his voice i guess periodically i think what you real i think what you really want is uh, to be able to to switch out that voice uh, i don't know how complicated it is to record the voices for these, or I guess they might have done it already, but it seems to me like that that's an open that's something that we'll see happen someday. It's just so obvious. The name of the actor in 2001 who played Hal in 2001, also 2010, his name is Douglas Rain, and he's still with us. He was born in 1928, he's Canadian, and the guy, I guess, has been primarily a stage actor. But he's done a lot of these voices. But there you go. Douglas Rain. Don't rain on my parade. Anyway, let's go to some other subjects here in the remaining segment and a half. Okay, Windows 8.1. Now, I read the thing had been produced and then they stopped because of a bug. What's going on? Oh, um, well, there is a Windows 8 update that is out there. Unlike a Fixer Upper to 8.1. Yeah, there's a, it's not even advancing the version number. It's not 8.2 or 8.101. I know that I was, I believe I was able to download it on at least not on at least one, on at least one machine. Uh, so uh, it should be out there for users to for users to get. Um, it provides uh, and it's an automatic update. So you may not you may have it and you may not know it. Well, you'll know it when you when you see some of these changes, but if you're not observant uh, or you haven't turned on your computer in a few days, you may already have it. Because unlike the upgrade from Windows 8 to 8.1, uh, this one actually uh, runs as an automatic over-the-air update. So unless you've disabled automatic updates, which most people have not, uh, you, will, you will get this uh, at some point when you restart your computer. And it has a few nice changes um, that are that are helpful but uh, still you know leave room for for improvement uh, but certainly are an improvement over 
over Windows 8.1 without the update. Uh, most importantly, um, it, the most important change is the taskbar. The taskbar, which we all know and love on the desktop, uh, now contains icons uh, both for open windows and shortcuts of modern apps or Windows Store apps, whatever you want to call them, the new style apps, are, will now sit on the taskbar. So uh, if you're sitting there in desktop mode and you think, wow, what apps do I have open on in the modern UI? Uh, they will now be listed on the taskbar, which they weren't before. Um, if you click on them, and if you click on them, it will open. It will open up those apps. And interestingly, um, modern UI apps now have a close window button on them, uh, a close and minimize window buttons on them, and a title bar. But the title bar disappears uh, about a second after you open, after you switch to or open a modern UI app. And to make it reappear, you have to hover. Oh, you have to hover over the top of the screen with a mouse. And you won't see it if you're using touch, by the way. These features only affect you if you're using a mouse. Uh, so mouse or touchpad, uh, you're using a pointing device. So, so there's that, which is kind of important because a lot of people were confused about how do I close, uh, how do I close a modern UI app, which is not necessarily so easy. You've got to drag it off the screen. You know what? Just for. hearing this from you tells me how bad this operating system is because if something so basic such as closing an app involves jumping a hoop or knowing the secret handshake wow where do you go from there right so they've made it a little bit easier but what i find annoying is they are still hiding the uh the navigation that you need to do it so that title bar appears for a second when you open the app, and then you have to move. You have to know that if you want to get it back, you have to move, hover your mouse up at the top of the screen to make it appear again. Oh boy! Uh, the same thing with the taskbar. So the taskbar is now available. The taskbar, which was previously, which I told you already, now shows listings for Windows Store apps. You can now make the taskbar appear when you're in the modern UI on the start screen or within any of the modern UI apps, but it too is hidden. You have to scroll all the way down, your pointer all the way down below the bottom of the screen, like to where the point is missing, and then push it back up again, and then uh, the taskbar will reveal itself, uh, but as soon as you move your pointer off of it, it hides itself again. Uh, and Microsoft has not um, provided a way to make to change the delay uh, or to make either the title bar or the taskbar permanent. Uh, I can't tell you how how many hours I spent in the past week uh, trying to find a, trying to figure out if there was some secret registry setting uh, that that was unpublicized to change this because I thought that would be like discovering fire, but. I haven't been able to find anything, nor have I read anything about anyone else. And I know when I asked Microsoft about it, they said there's no way to do it. So uh, these things are just going to disappear, and you're going to have to know to hover. And Let me ask you a question here quickly. And that is, did you ask Microsoft why? Why are you making it so difficult for people? Well, I, don't try, I try not to be confrontational uh, in the middle of meetings I have with people. Uh, but... Uh, I, See, I get be thrown out because I would ask that question. Uh, but I think the problem fundamentally is that they have a philosophy, 
which I'm sure some people agree with, that less is more. So they don't want you to have too much Chrome, as it as it, as it were, the technical the jargon term for. They don't want you to have too many buttons and bars and whatever on the screen. They want it to be a clean experience. So particularly when you're in their new pristine modern UI. So 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 many important features that you need to get to are hidden somewhere. You have Let's to do the break here. Are hidden yeah. somewhere. We're not going to hide Avram Pilch he's going to be back for one more segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Bill Brown, Midas Resources Gold and Silver, government shutdown, inept politicians, unfunded entitlements, looming Obamacare, the death of the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency is what nobody wants to acknowledge. We have a debt bubble that cannot be paid and will eventually crash the dollar. If you are concerned about maintaining your purchasing power, consider this. Gold and silver are up 497% in 13 years. Call me, 800-686-2237, extension 332. Together we can discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Analysts agree the dollar's problems are increasing. Call me, Bill Brown, 800-686-2237 at extension 332, and we'll discuss your option of buying precious metals. Also, I can send you information on how you can roll over your IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA. Don't get caught with money in your account when the dollar collapses. Call me, Bill Brown, at Midas Resources, 1-800-686-2237, extension 332. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. 
Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. He's here for one more segment. We were talking about the Windows 8.1 update, which updates it to some unknown version nobody knows about, unless I guess you do some kind of secret handshake. You'll see what the subversion is because they don't tell you. You know, with Apple, when they have an update to say OS 10.9, it's going to be OS 10.9.1, 10.9.2, etc. You kind of know. You kind of sort of know. You know, if there's a security update with Apple, though, there is no subversion. By the way, Abram, did you get a chance to consider this new set-top box from Amazon, the Fire? Yeah, we like the Fire a lot. It has it has a bit it has quite a bit going for it. However, I still think that with the cost of the Fire, a lot of people will be better off getting a Roku box. You can get a really good Roku box for I think fifty dollars, uh, and of course, there's the new Roku Stick. And you can get access to Amazon Video from the Roku box. And you can get access to Netflix from the Roku box. Uh, so I, I, I love my Roku box. I highly recommend uh, the Roku box because it's so affordable. The Fire, um, you know, the Fire TV is, is a nice product. Uh, certainly worth considering. Uh, but if you're, you know, on a budget... And you want to have a really nice uh, streaming experience on your TV. The Roku box is is a really good way to go, uh, and definitely a better way to go than the Chromecast because the Chromecast to cast something and not everything is compatible with it. Um, I mean, the one thing that Chromecast will give you is the ability to cast things from Google Play. So if you have the Play Store and you want to, um, if you're buying movies in the Play Store, Chromecast is is a good choice. Uh, but I think overall, a lot of people would uh, will really like. Will, a lot of people are considering the Fire TV should should also take a look at at what Roku has to offer, or maybe the next generation Apple TV whenever it comes out, because there'll definitely be more content. I have an Apple TV, but I've got a Roku three here that they sent me. We had one of the people from Roku on the Tech Night Out Live a couple of weeks ago, and they sent me one to look at, and I'm going to hook it up. And I'm going to compare it. But looking at the streaming quality of the picture, now understand, obviously, if you have something within the Apple ecosystem, you need the Apple TV. But if you go into Netflix, or you want to watch House of Cards, you have Amazon. Of course, I have Amazon Prime account. You have a lot of these other places where you could download and rent movies and places like that. You know, at that point, they're kind of identical. So I'm going to see how the experience is. 
The Amazon Fire, I don't know. These are all variations of a theme. They're selling, I guess, the fact that they also have games. Where does this game get changed? Who changes it? Because, as I said, all these set-top boxes have basic similarities, except for the amount of content. So who is going to get in there and turn everything upside down? Is it going to be Apple? The real question is, are you going to be able to actually enjoy your streaming services uh, or, or, or is... Or are data caps and uh, and uh, disagreements between your ISP and the streaming services going to harm your ability to cut the cord? What we know right now, for example, Netflix had to pay Comcast uh, basically a payoff so that Comcast uh, users would be able to still get Netflix at, at speeds where they could actually watch something. It sounds that- like they were pulling something here. What was happening is that Comcast was evidently throttling the speed of the Netflix stream. So, of course, Netflix went in there and they bribed them. Now, the next step, of course, is that Netflix is probably going to have to do that with other ISPs now because they're going to say, hey, you paid Comcast. You want top performance with us? Send us a check. Yeah, it's a very slippery slope. Nobody feels sorry for Netflix because Netflix is presumably a big enough company to pay for these things, although... That money is going to be passed along to to you, the, the Netflix subscriber, and it's quite uh, cruel because you're double. They're double dipping, and you're paying twice. You paid for your ISP, presumably so that you could you could do things like watch Netflix. Then your ISP is coming for a kickback from Netflix. Well, Netflix is going to pass that along to you, and you'll be paying for that bandwidth twice. So that's really really terrible. But I think the worst thing about it is the limit that it imposes on other internet companies that don't have deep pockets like a Netflix. I mean, it's not all about streaming. Uh, the fact that uh, Comcast can do this means that they, they could do it to a website. It doesn't necessarily have to be a company that's large enough to uh, and has the infrastructure to do major video streaming. They could decide, hey, we don't like uh, this politician, so we're going to slow their website down. Ooh. Let me tell you, because we haven't got much time left. I ran to almost a situation like that. We're accessing the content from my websites on a specific server. Became very difficult through CenturyLink because they had a dispute with a peering provider, a telecom company called Cogent Communications, where each blamed the other for not giving them enough capacity to send the transmission. So at the end of the day, what happened is now our server content is going through another telecom company called Tata Communications to CenturyLink, and now customers get everything at full speed. But this is the reason why we need net neutrality yesterday, because this is not fair. You shouldn't have this kind of dispute. And imagine here, for example, I was getting 50K downloads from my server, and I call my ISP, CenturyLink, and I say, what's going on here? Well, your speed's normal. And I said, well, not for the server. Well, it's the server's fault. And I check with the data center. No, it's their fault. And everybody was pointing their fingers at each other and getting the ISP to understand the problem and look into it. Required like 30 different phone calls going up to the president's office to get an executive who would listen. And what happens to the average person who just wants to get good streaming speeds? Right. I think the sad thing is, what is it, what's it going to do for innovation and for small business? I mean, if I want to start an e-commerce website and you're having Amazon load in like a second 
and I'm a competitor to them and you're making my site load in like 45 seconds, well, it doesn't matter if my site's visible to people. No one wants to stick around for 45 seconds when they get what they can do in a second. So having a slow loading website is the death knell. And, and for the consumer, it doesn't matter whether you paid, you know, whether you paid for fiber optics to get 50 megabit per second downloads. If the ISP is slowing down the website or the web service that you want to visit, uh, you're not getting that 50 megabit per second. So, so who cares? I guess what you have to look at when you look at an ISP is not just, hey, how fast are they in theory, but how fast are they when I view the websites that I want to visit? Oh, that makes it so difficult. And listeners, you heard about my problem with CenturyLink. can happen anywhere. Avram Pilch, please tell our listeners where they can find more of all the great stuff that you do. So you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Geek and Chief. Uh, look for me on Google Plus or uh, read my articles and the articles from all of my great colleagues at laptopmag.com and tomsguide.com. And by the way, Laptop Mag, they always have these five or ten lists of things that are good, there are bad and all that stuff, laptopmag.com. And I say this in all honesty, I'm a regular visitor. That's how I found him, by the way. I, found, I read an interesting article from Avram, and I said, come on the show. And here he is. Avram Pilch, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night How Live. Always a pleasure. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. 
This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $33,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $33,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have outspoken commentator Peter Cohen joining us after a bit of an absence where he's been busy trying to do a real life, have a real life instead of just coming on the show. The big story online these days, and we mentioned a bit of it with our interview with Avram Pilch at Laptop Magazine earlier, is the Heartbleed bug. Now, Peter, you've done some research on this. I heard here this is not something that was the work of an Internet criminal, that somebody made an innocent programming error that caused this all to happen. Well, by and large, these security problems are the result of, of uh, programming errors as opposed to you know some kind of specific criminal activity. That doesn't mean that criminals can't benefit from these mistakes when they're discovered. But yeah, you know, it, it, it appears that the um, the actual underlying code that that uh, caused this problem, you know, is is simply a, a programmatic idiosyncrasy. Um, as opposed to, you know, any kind of intended um, backdoor or anything like that. The person responsible must feel really embarrassed by now. Well, I'm sure they do, but, you know, this is open source code. This this was open to review. You know, it's not like this is proprietary technology. It's just taken this long for this flaw to be discovered. You know, unfortunately, uh, uh, the data that all of us have been sharing on the Internet um, is at risk. So right now, the bug has been pretty much fixed. There are 
corrected versions of the open SSL open source software out there. There are some versions uh, such as those used in iOS and OS 10 that were not impacted by the bug. But do we know that people have actually been hurt as a result or is it just a matter of potential? It's a matter of potential at this point. I've gotten a number of emails from um, services that I use, internet-based services, or uh, places where I've bought stuff online telling me that I'm either going to have to re-log in or that as a matter of security, I need to rest- I, I need to change my password before I'll be allowed to log in again. Um, so this is clearly having a pretty widespread impact. Well, at least they're doing the warning and everything. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, and the thing to bear in mind is that this is only um, uh, this is this is specific to websites and services um, and and other systems that use OpenSSL. Not everyone uses OpenSSL. You know, you brought up OS ten and iOS, and that's an excellent you know case in point. Apple doesn't use OpenSSL, and in fact, in its uh, uh, documentation, crypt- cryptography documentation for registered developers, it warns them away from using OpenSSL, saying, look, the API or application programming interface used for OpenSSL is not stable from version to version. We strongly recommend that you do something else, that you use some other equivalent technology that that's um, supported in a little more stable manner. And uh, if you do need to use OpenSSL, Make sure that you're using the latest version. So Apple feels very strongly about OpenSSL. It's, OpenSSL is is actually in Mavericks, but it's an older, more stable version, and it's probably the last version of OpenSSL that you'll ever, ever see um, in an OS X build. Um, and iOS doesn't have OpenSSL at all. So what that means is that Mac devices and iOS devices can't be exploited Using this, but that doesn't mean that Mac users are safe. Any any uh, encrypted information that you've shared uh, with websites that employ uh, OpenSSL or internet services that employ SSL are potentially at risk. Also, of course, if you have a site that's hosted online, you need to check with your hosting provider to make sure that they have taken the steps to make sure it's safe. Because a lot of those are using Linux servers, and a lot of those Linux servers use OpenSSL. I know we got memos from the hosting providers that we use, and they assured us that the bug would probably not impact us, warned us about changing passwords, of course. And for those who wanted to check, they provided instructions on how to make sure you have the current version. But if you have a hosting account where it's on a shared server. And what shared server means, this is what most people have, it means that there are a number of accounts on the same server. So it's the responsibility of the host and their admins to make sure you're safe. And you need to make sure, and if you don't get a good answer, go somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. There's no reason why you should have to put up with obscurity from um, the companies that you're um, paying uh, for um, for service. Um, another thing I want to bring up is, uh, speaking of services, is iCloud. It, you know, by the same token that OS X and iOS are safe, iCloud is safe as well. So if you're a Mac or an iOS user and you rely on iCloud, um, to, um, uh, let's say, synchronize data between your iPhone and your Macintosh, maybe, or if you're storing documents in iCloud or sharing photos via PhotoStream uh, on your iOS devices or um, any of those other, or even an iCloud.com email account. 
um, you can rest assured once again that, that that service, at least, is secure from this particular problem. Now, Android... Is Android that is a secure? whole different story. No, Android's not secure. There, uh, there are um, a lot of reports that I've been reading about Android uh, OpenSSL issues. Okay, now this is a big deal because the biggest problem with Android, forget about what you think of the interface and anything else. The biggest problem is the fact that most users never get the latest software. Even if there is a critical security fix, you don't get it. Well, let's let's put this in context. Um, Google Google has said uh, that Android, by and large, isn't vulnerable to the heart ble- the heartbeat bleed bug. Bug. Excuse this is, me. By the way, we have a, a sheet here, a cheat sheet on tongue twisters, Except- and we're going to add heart bleed bug to it. Yes, thank you. Um, there is a specific version of Android that is vulnerable um, to the OpenSSL problem. It's Android 4.11. So that's Jelly Bean. If you've got Jelly Bean installed on your Android tablet or your Android phone, you may be at risk. So what do you do? How do you get an update? How do you fix it? Um, let's see. I guess the Android 4.12 Update would be um, the one to, to to do it. So you would uh, the the I I believe at this stage, and correct me if I'm wrong, Gene, but I believe at this stage, at Google's response has been, and and this is uh, this is a moving target. So this may change by the time you hear this, uh, dear listener. But Google said that they're they're distributing patching information to Android partners. So ostensibly. Uh, the the company whose Android product you own uh, will be distributing some sort of patch if you've got uh, Android 4.11 installed on your machine. But God, if this isn't a good incentive to go out and buy an iPhone, I don't know what the hell is. And understand also, Google may send out the patches. It's up to the handset makers, to the carriers to distribute those patches. And this is not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be something like... Well, when Apple had that bug with secure encryption a few weeks back, remember that one? Yeah, and it's worth pointing out also that is completely unrelated to Heartbleed. It was indeed an SSL issue, SSL and TLS, this technology that's used to encrypt data, but it's not related to OpenSSL in any way. It was a a programmatic mistake that was made actually by one of Apple's programmers. But the point being that... Within days, the bug was fixed. By the time people knew about it, iOS updates were out there, OS ten updates were out there, it was fixed. It wasn't a matter of hoping and praying. I have to take exception to that because there was a, a, a gap of time between the time that the problem was isolated and publicized and the time that that Apple released the update. But Apple did contain it. I agree, and has done a very good job of getting the very latest update out to everybody who needs it. So if you're running the latest version of Mavericks or the latest version of iOS, if you've gotten a uh, a warning to update, and if you follow that update, then you should be safe. You should absolutely be safe from that that particular problem as well. All right. We have Peter Cohen joining us. A lot more to talk about. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866 404 FreezeDryGuy.com We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. Here on the Tech Night Isle live, we were talking about heart bleed and we were talking about the recent SSL related bug for iOS and OS 10, but the fixes came out fairly quickly we can argue maybe apple could have gotten them out especially for os 10 a few days earlier but the point is they were put out there and they got the fixes and anyone who has ios 6 and 7 can get the update anyone with os 10 mavericks can get the update that's right um android users running 4.11 good luck may the force be with you good argument right there Absolutely. Good argument for I, for iOS, folks. I'm sorry to say it. You know, that you're, I don't know. It, when problems like this happen and you see the, the stark difference between the way that Apple handles something and the way that Google handles something, you realize that there are inherent problems with the ecosystem that Google is using for this. Because as you said, Gene, it's not just dependent on Google producing a fix for its operating system. It's a matter of getting those that, that fix into the, the hand of the handset manufacturer to test it on their equipment. Um, and then to, for the handset manufacturers to work with the carriers who are selling their products to actually distribute these updates, it becomes a much more involved process um, than it does on iOS. This is one ironclad benefit to the quote-unquote walled garden approach that Android aficionados like to complain about with Apple. I'm sorry, but it's true. Well, the other thing is here, they say, well, with the iPhone, you don't have as many customization options as Android. And that's, that's true. true. But I think that's if you true. did a survey and said, what customizations do you want that you're not getting? I don't Look, think you'll get too much of a list. Look, if you want to be a special snowflake with, with your mobile device and customize it, go for it. Use an Android phone. Uh, you know, get an Ubuntu phone if you're going to do that or um, jailbreak your iOS device. I don't care. But the, pre the, the fact remains there is a solid benefit to staying within the ecosystem that Apple prescribes. And this is a great example of, uh, uh, you know, when you take two equivalent cases, one where Apple has discovered a vulnerability in its own operating system and one where Google has discovered an equivalently um, critical security problem in its own ecosystem, the way those two companies can, can handle the distribution of a fix for it is so different. It, it really, it's a stark reminder to me that um, I'm backing the right horse. Speaking of Apple and the ecosystem, the Worldwide Developers Conference comes up early June. A lot of anticipation about what new product categories Apple is going to enter. Now, Peter, I assume it's a given here. There's going to be iOS 8. There's going to be Maverick Successor, both of which will be demonstrated in pre-release yeah. versions. After that, 
All seasons are open, but can we anticipate, for example, iOS 8, what we're going to see? I'm hearing things about health and fitness emphasis. Yeah, you know, there's been some talk about um, about a, a health book that would be the equivalent of Passbook uh, in iOS 7 um, that would um, keep track of various aspects of your fitness and uh, your life beyond uh, the digital realm. That could be a very appealing benefit for many people uh, who rely on these devices um, or are interested in having these devices play a more active role um, in their active life. You know, and let's face it, a lot of people use their iOS products when they're working out uh, or even when they're just commuting to work and would like to be able to quantify and maybe gamify a little bit that experience to challenge themselves, to uh, continue to improve their health and so on. We expect that this is going to be um, a cornerstone of uh, iOS 8 going forward. I think it's a pretty safe bet to say. Well, we talk about whether Tim Cook has a vision. He's very much into health and fitness and wearables. So if anything reflects his vision, this would be it. Yeah, it's very true. You know, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. And I think that uh, this may be an example where Tim Cook is trying to impart um, you know, some of his own personality onto the product. And we'll see how well it's received. I don't think anyone could object to health and fitness. Heck, they added a small number of those features to the Samsung Galaxy S5. They're anticipating something. Well, you know, the interesting thing is that Apple has been able to to, to very gradually um, sort of incorporate this technology. And, I mean, if you've got an iPhone 5S... You've already got a device with an incredibly sophisticated coprocessor, the M7 coprocessor, which can keep track of um, how your phone is being, you know, where you're, where you're taking your phone, like how you're carrying it, what distance you travel and so on. Not for any nefarious purposes, mind you, but just as a matter of record keeping. You know, I installed shortly after getting my iPhone 5S, I installed a free application from Nike called Nike Plus Move that keeps track of everything that I uh, – um, uh, everywhere that I take my phone. So, you know, as long as my phone's in my pocket, I'm, I'm getting that, that, that telemetry about how far I'm walking and, and so on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the healthiest person. I'm packing on a few extra pounds. My doctor's told me that I need to lose weight and that I should walk this much per day. You know, so using that app and using the, the, the hardware that's already built into the device that I bought, not specifically for that purpose, just as kind of a, bonus of having one, that's able to help me get closer to that goal. And I think that uh, as people get that experience, they'll be more and more adept to using them. Apple does have a big danger here, though, and that is that people get very tired of these devices really quickly. There was a report recently that showed uh, that more than 50% of the people who buy wearables, these are devices like the Fitbit or uh, the Jawbone Up, you know, equivalent devices, Nike's Fuel, uh, their Fuel Band, stop using them within six months. It's kind of like the same thing when you join one of those Weight loss programs, you go to Jenny Craig or one of those companies and you pay all this and you get the healthy food and you lose the weight. And a year later, what, a large percentage of those people have packed on the weight all over again. Yeah, and in some cases have even packed on more weight because, you know, their metabolisms have changed a little bit and, you know, they get into a really unhealthy swing. So, yeah, no, it can be very, very difficult for a lot of people. So, 
paying attention to the social aspect of how these devices work, I think is going to be incredibly crucial for Apple. Um, and this is a weak, weak point for Apple. This isn't something that I've got a lot of confidence that Apple can pull off because when Apple's tried to make social experiences, uh, like shared common experiences with its products, it hasn't necessarily succeeded. Take a look at Ping with iTunes, which was you know Apple's attempt to build a social network around- It's the one I called Pong. Right, sharing information about your music. You know, the the idea was, hey, you hear a hot track and you want to share it with friends, you use Ping to do it. It failed miserably. It failed out of the gate because Apple initially tried to do a uh, an information sharing deal with Facebook that fell apart. But then it was just dead in the water. Apple didn't want to touch it after that, and Apple let it fail. Uh, you know, and... Uh, <sighs> FaceTime. FaceTime was supposed to be cross-platform technology that everybody was going to use to do uh, one-to-one or one-to-many video conferencing. And that cross-platform stuff still hasn't happened. Now, that may not necessarily be Apple's fault. As I understand, FaceTime got hung up in some some IP problems with patent trolls. But um, the, the fact remains... Promises made and not kept on Apple's part. So I I really hope that if Apple has an idea for social glue to help these health devices work, um, it's going to be uh, better than its past efforts. That takes us, though, to the predictions about an iWatch because an iWatch is regarded or would be regarded as, at least to some respect, a health and fitness-related device. So if Apple can't get it right, then the entire concept of an iWatch may go by the wayside. If that's all Apple is bringing to the table with an iWatch, I am going to be very, very disappointed. I don't expect it to be the only thing, but it's going to be an important thing. I would agree with you. I think that it may uh, be an important, one important element to it. But, um, you know, having said that, I think right now we're we're the the blind men trying to describe an elephant. You know, you grab the trunk and think it's a snake. I grab the ear and think that it's a palm frond. Um, You know, it's going to be different things to different people until we actually see what Apple's grand design uh, for this particular product is. Right, because all we have now to go by are the existing smartwatches. And the one thing that's true about all of them, they haven't taken over a market by storm. They are all variations on the same theme. The electronic watch face with a few features and a little bit of messaging, and you got a smartwatch. Peter Cohen joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the 
people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM1 from Terraganics. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM1 from Terraganics. Life's getting better. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Peter Cohen joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. We continue. Speculation about WWDC. We were looking at possible health and fitness emphasis in iOS 8. And I'll get back to iWatch and stuff in a moment. I really don't want to lose that. What else might we expect to see in iOS 8? I don't have a clear vision for iOS 8 um, as much as I do on OS 10 because I spend most of my time uh, working on OS 10 and leaving iOS to the other fine folks at iMore.com where I, I spend most of my days these days. So I, my vision for, for iOS 8 probably isn't as clear. What have you heard, Gene? Well, it's the same thing, the health and fitness stuff, improving the interface a little bit because there's a general agreement it was a little bit shaky out of the starting gate things have been fixed with 7.1, but maybe more fixes there. When it comes to OS 10.10, which is what we assume the next will be, not OS 11, the chatter I hear, Peter, and you can give us your version of it, the chatter I hear is that the interface will be simplified, made more spare in the tradition of iOS 7, but not completely. I think the word you're looking for, Gene, is flatter. It's it's supposed to support a flatter interface than um, previous versions of, of OS X. And this has raised some controversy, particularly among Mac traditionalists who say, you know, I who who resist what I like to call the iOSification of OS X. They see Apple moving towards a singularity in which um, iOS and OS X are um, – uh, indistinguishable from one another. I don't think that that's ever going to happen because the Mac is such a different product than the iPhone or the iPad. But I do think that there's a strong case to be made for flattening the interface. And by flattening the interface, I mean uh, making the the icons in OS 10 a little more consistent with what you have seen in iOS 7, making some of the interface elements 
in OS 10 a little more consistent with what you see in iOS. I think that's a good thing because, you know, iOS informs a lot of OS 10's new users. Apple has said year in and year out, ever since the first Apple store opened, that half the people walking into an Apple retail store to buy a Macintosh are new to the platform. And f since 2007, many of those new OS X customers have been informed by other Apple products. They may have owned an iPod. They may have owned an iPhone. They may more have recently owned an iPad. What's more, they're using other products from other companies like, you know, Windows and like Android, where flat interfaces have already taken over. So it's a visual experience that they're very accustomed to. It makes sense to accommodate OS X for these new users. Now, the point to emphasize here is that because it looks different, flatter, spare, whatever, doesn't mean that the basic functionality necessarily changes. It just becomes more familiar, particularly to people who are used to iOS. Exactly, yeah. No, I don't think that Apple would be taking anything away from the OS X experience by doing this. I think it would be additive. I think it would really um, benefit a lot of people, and it would be an e a relatively easy adjustment for us to make. And let's face it, this isn't the first time that this has happened, even since OS X came out. Uh, when OS X was first publicly introduced in 2000, Apple made hay about its new interface paradigm for OS X, which it called Aqua. You know, People Steve Jobs. Freak. Do you remember how many Mac users looked at that and said, "What's this?" Yeah, and you know, Steve Jobs called the interface lickable. Remember the lickable comment? Yes, and my response was slurp. Right, exactly. So, wow, that's vulgar, Gene. Anyway, um, well, I don't know. We have uh, twerking now. I'm not sure I understand <laughs> what that means, but we have the world of twerking. So, I guess we could be slightly vulgar, but not too vulgar. This is still family radio. Yeah, the the transition from classic macOS, you know, macOS uh, macOS nine, to uh, OS ten was traumatic uh, for some people, but they got over it. And that Aqua interface was quickly abandoned, you know. Uh, so, uh, and as Apple moved on to something else, so it wouldn't be the first time that uh, we've seen OS ten get a facelift or macOS get a facelift for that matter. Um, and it it probably won't be the last now. Apple invested a huge amount of time reworking the graphical user interface for iOS with iOS 7. And clearly, they just didn't have the time or the manpower to handle that with Mavericks last year. And I remember when Mavericks came out, when Mavericks was introduced to WWDC, in the immediate aftermath of that announcement, I heard more and more comments that I can remember in a long time about how they were. People were a little upset that Mavericks didn't look as flashy as iOS did, that you know it didn't get the same kind of... Uh, user interface enhancements. And right now, if you look in Mavericks, it's kind of a patchwork, right? Uh, you've got you know, elements of, of skeuomorphism, like um, uh, if you open Game Center in OS X, you still see the felt tabletop, which you don't have in iOS. So Mavericks has kind of a patchwork feel to it because it's also got an improved calendar that's a lot more like iOS's calendar. And it's got some other iOS improvements like Maps and like iBooks. So I am earnestly hoping that Apple has emphasized uniformity of interface and design in uh, Mavericks or in Mavericks successor this year, which is codenamed Syrah. By the way, there's a story out this week that Apple's human interface leader, Greg Christie, who famously testified at this Apple versus Samsung intellectual property case 
about the origins of the iPhone that he has retired from Apple and supposedly he and Jonathan Ive didn't always get along. I couldn't care less. This is, first of all, his announcement was was announced to, you know, the staff and to the people who it matters about quite some time ago. I don't lend any credence to the reports that I've read that say that there was a falling out between him and Ives. And what's more, I don't think it's relevant. And it's, it's not gossip that I particularly care to truck in. Well, the guy has been at the job for 18 years. He's a multimillionaire from his work. Why does he need to be in the rat race? Maybe he just wants to get a life and go out to Aruba or something and just sit back and have fun or get involved in some new startup. Why does he have to work for Apple forever? Who wouldn't, after 20 years, close to 20, close to two decades at any job, want to go off and follow their bliss if that was an option to them based on their lifestyle? You know, I know people who have worked at Apple for a long time, and Apple has taken good care of them, especially the ones that have been around since the early days. You know, th- these, are, these are people who work because they want to, not necessarily because they have to. And as I said, you can't do this kind of thing forever. Eventually, you're going to burn out or you want to see what's going to happen with the rest of your life. I don't know anything about this guy's personal life. You can love chocolate ice cream with all of your heart. And if you are, you know, required to eat chocolate ice cream every day of your life, uh, you will eventually tire of it. I say this as somebody who reviewed video games for for um, uh, about a decade and a half. I love video games abstractly. I don't really like to play them anymore. Why? Because it was my job for a very long time. You know, and Gene, I'm sure that you have comparable experiences in your life with things that you love, but have lost the incentive to do because you're you've changed in over years, or you've just gotten sick and tired of it. I used to write technology books. I wrote over thirty of those books, and one day I woke up and said, "I can't do this anymore. I need you to go. do something else. I've had enough of this." And you think about this in any field. Like, for example, your favorite actor on a TV show, and they say, we're going to leave. A successful show, like The Good Wife, Josh Charles leaves from the Will Gardner role. They killed him off. How could you? How could you leave? How could you change what I love so much? You know, people say that stuff all the time. And Well, well, the guy has a family, young child. He wants to get on with his life because actors are nomads. And, you know, some actors will work at the same job for 15, 20 years, soap operas. Or in a show like NCIS, they play the same role for 10 years or something like that. But after a while, you're doing this every day. The work is incredibly hard. You wake up and say, look, I've got plenty of money. It's got to be something else out there. I can't do this forever. And the public has to realize these are human beings. They have their own priorities. They have their own lives. And they may wake up one day and say, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. And why begrudge them that privilege? We have Peter Cohen, who used to do something else, review games, and doesn't do it anymore. And we understand why. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn 
more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new alkavision.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. In any case, with Peter Cohen, we get back to OS 10.10. So it's going to have a flatter look. What else might Apple do with the next version of OS 10? Well, I think it's a very safe bet to assume that they're going to continue to refine notifications in OS 10. You know, notifications are great, but um, there, there there needs to be more. My my dream feature uh, for OS 10 notifications would be the ability to remap uh, notifications for specific services to client software that I have installed. Let me give you a practical example. Right now, notifications are set up to let me know every time somebody mentions me on Twitter because I like to feel validated by people on social networks talking about me. A little window pops up in the right-hand corner of my screen to let me know that I um, have gotten a Twitter notification. If I click on it, it opens up a web browser page and brings me to Twitter. But that's not the Twitter experience that I like to use. I prefer to use a client application called Echophone, which I've used for a very long time, and I have a, a good understanding of its interface, and I like it. I, I, I enjoy using it. I've got it installed on all my machines. Right now, there's no way to tell OS X, I want you to open this app and show me the tweet in this app instead of opening it in a web browser. So it's a very jarring experience for me to deal with because if I reflexively click on that notification – I open a web page that I don't want to see, and then I have to reopen my uh, Twitter client um, to, 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 to proceed the way that I want to. I would really prefer to see um, uh, something done there. Okay, that would be one area where changes could be made. Are there things in OS Tim that are crying for change? Change me! Well, you know, I have to say this, Gene. You know, my experience with OS X goes back to the first public beta. I can't remember seeing a mail client that is as fundamentally screwed up as as Maverick's Mail has been. I have so many problems with Maverick's Mail um, and have had so many problems with Maverick's Mail since the first release. And it seems like every incremental release that they do, they come up with another fix for Mail that fixes some problems, but not all of them. I would like to see them gut Mail and, you know, fix it once and for all. I don't know if it needs a gutting, but it needs something that's not getting so far. 
I'm also really disgusted with iTunes. iTunes drives me crazy. It's a fat, bloated pig of an application that tries to do way, way too much. I would like to see Apple take iOS's approach to OS X and break out specific services and functions, device management maybe, you know, as a separate thing from iTunes. So it isn't all this one big, massive thing that I have to deal with for all my media management and all my app management and my podcasts and, you know, my device connectivity and so on. It's just, it's, it's a monster. I know. I've heard pros and cons about what's good about iTunes and whether splitting it up into the separate elements would be a more efficient way to go. And I don't know. As I see it myself, I do see this big sprawling mess that tries to do everything and maybe not everything so well. There's a published report, by the way, suggesting that Apple might want to have an iTunes for Android mostly to get money from Android users, I guess, for selling product. Well, I remember when iTunes for Windows came out, Mac users were aghast that Apple would be going to the dark side. Uh, but it turned out to be very beneficial for Apple uh, because it, it, it pulled a lot more people in uh, in the door to use iTunes, to buy music, and to get iPods. And it made a lot of money for Apple. So if Apple does that, I can't fault them. No, it's all about the money. And after all, Google has... Their apps on iOS, so why not give it back to them? Who knows? Let's Indeed. look at the products as we get past the operating systems. Sure. Okay. Now, if there's going to be an iWatch, my speculation has it that Apple is going to want developers to do apps for it, so they might actually introduce an iWatch at WWDC. Maybe not release it then. But say this is what's going to happen, just like the iPhone was announced several months in advance, the first iPhone. This is what's going to happen this fall. But right now we're letting everyone in on it so developers can come up with their great apps for it. You know, that is a, a plausible rumor. I, I think that um, Apple would be very smart to pre-introduce the product um, and then let developers get on board with it. You know, the the same would go for, let's say, an Apple TV that sported dramatic new capabilities. Like, I would love to see it if the Apple TV had gaming capabilities, um, you know, to put it on um, sort of a, a comparable to level to uh, the new Amazon Fire TV product. Whether or not that'll happen, I have no idea. But if it were to happen, my suspicion would be that Apple would do the same thing, you know, that it would introduce the hardware uh, and say, okay, this is coming on this date you know, developers get on board with it, you know, give them that week at WWDC to get in front of um, some sessions and some details on uh, how to support this product and meet with the engineers who are developing it. Now, the only thing about the current products, like the Amazon Fire set-top box, is it's still a variation on a theme. Everything out there is a variation on a theme. It adds gaming capability, but otherwise it's the same. So how does Apple shake that up? Well, it's not necessarily the same. It's an Android device. It's capable of running a lot more software than, you know, the limited number of apps that are included on it. And I, it's not like the, the the number of apps is particularly limited compared to the Apple TV. I think there's a lot of room for Apple to grow with the Apple TV, not just in terms of turning it into an entertainment device, not just in terms of um, attracting new content or new content channels to the device. But, you know, people fundamentally, I think, you know, are looking for a more integrated 
television experience. And, you know, to that end, Apple has a better handle on this than I think a lot of companies do. Um, Apple TV is sort of a secret weapon that Apple has because the, the, the killer app, if you will, that makes Apple TV such a better option for so many people than, let's say, Roku's set-top boxes or even this new Fire TV is its integration with other Apple products. The fact that you can seamlessly um, stream content from your iPhone or your iPad or even your Macintosh uh, to the Apple TV if it's on the same network. Uh, you know, they're popular in presentation areas. They're popular in business. They're popular in school uh, for that exact reason. So Apple has managed to build a billion-dollar business out of something that Steve Jobs once described as a hobby. You know, I think I think that's a pretty impressive indication that the Apple TV is a very important product for Apple and that Apple's going to continue to pour, you know, effort and innovation. Now, the Apple TV is clearly due for a refresh. It's been um, more than two years since the third-generation Apple TV came out, which cosmetically was identical and almost identical in features to the um, the 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 second generation Apple TV uh, the only key difference is that the Apple TV third generation can show 1080 uh, video while um, the uh, second generation is limited to 720 so you get you know some higher resolution imagery now it's closer to blu-ray but not completely because there's still more compression to get that stuff online we'll get into more of this in a moment. We have Peter Cohen. Of course, he works with iMore at iMore.com. Great tech publication. I'm Gene you. Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV 
Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Question, could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Life's getting better. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now, wanted to mention this personal thing, Peter, and I gave you a heads up on it, which I did mention on last week's show, and that is that my brother-in-law is being treated currently at Mayo Clinic, by the way, for pancreatic cancer. And he set up this fundraising thing online, and a very logical reason. If you realize what it costs to get treated for cancer with radiation therapy and with chemo, I mean, it's going to bankrupt almost anybody. So yes. he set up this site with GoFundMe, which is a company that raises money for personal causes, business causes. And if you want to learn more about his situation and why he needs help, it's GoFundMe.com slash Numis. That's GoFundMe.com slash Numis, N like a Nancy, U, M like in Mary, I, S. Learn more about his situation. He is under Medicare, he's 66, but Medicare pays, I think, 85% of his bills. So, for example, a dose of radiation therapy is like just shy of $8,000. So imagine getting a couple of dozen of those treatments. You can't afford to live anymore, Peter. You know, things are so expensive out there. You can't afford to survive. 
There you go. Just wanted to mention it. Let's get back to our show. We're talking about Apple TV. Now, does Apple keep it a basic box, Peter, where it does simple things, or do they add more capabilities? And if you add more stuff, you add to the cost, don't you? Yeah, well, I think it would be a good idea to, to keep the, the product uh, price where it is because $100 seems to be the going rate for these things these days, or $100 or less. Roku has actually got a lot of products in the lower end of the spectrum that uh, that, that appeal to people on a budget. So, um, you know, keeping it keeping the price where it is, is is to a certain element going to dictate what Apple can do in terms of engineering new hardware capabilities. But uh, I think a lot of this can be done in software. Of course, you'd think that the next version might have more powerful guts. Well, that would be my assumption. You know that it because the the third generation Apple TV has the the uh, has Apple's A5. Uh, ARM processor inside of it. This is the same processor that was used in the iPad 2. You know, so the iPad 2 is is no longer a an active product. Apple discontinued it actually pretty recently. But the the A5 has gone the way of all flesh. So I think it would be um, quite understandable for the next generation Apple TV to get an upgrade. I don't know if Apple would take it all the way to an A7, like what's in um, the uh, iPhone 5S. Uh, that would bring it to 64-bit. That would, you know, certainly pave the way for Apple to dramatically uh, improve the software on it in the years to come. That could be a very impressive thing. I think, just based on what you're saying, that that would almost be a certainty that we'll have at least an A7 processor on it, maybe even the A8, the successor, because of the fact that Apple always looks towards the future that would do everything that it does now. Maybe there'll be a revised interface. But Apple develops products not just for this generation, but for what they'll do in the future with future software. You know, it's it's entirely possible. I don't think that Apple would go jump all the way to the latest and greatest for the Apple TV. But proven technology that uh, it's capable of getting in, in um, significant quantities at low unit prices, that would make a lot of sense for an Apple TV for me. And if they keep it at $100 and maybe add more flash memory. That would be yeah. important. Now, what Absolutely. about 4K, Ultra HD? The TV makers are trying to push that on us. Do you think Apple's going to embrace it? And the reason I even ask is because we know that the Mac Pro and the latest Final Cut Pro are optimized for editing 4K video. But that doesn't mean a consumer product. It only means for the industry. Well, 2014 is going to be an important year for 4K. You know, it's certainly something that consumer electronics makers uh, who manufacture television panels would love to see happen because it would give people an excuse um, to buy uh, new TVs to replace their HD TVs. They are um, desperate to sell them because sales of TVs are down because most people who want high-definition television have it. A TV set lasts, what, five, ten years? So it's not that you want to buy a new one next week. They have to give customers a reason. 3D didn't make it. People didn't buy new sets just to have 3D. Nope, they didn't. You know, and, and, and that 3D was was an abject failure, unfortunately. So it'll be very interesting to see what what uh, what happens in this space. Uh, and to, to Apple's uh, point, though, I don't really think that 4K is necessarily that big a deal. I mean, Netflix and YouTube. Uh, Netflix have both pledged to do 4K this year. Netflix, in point of fact, has started streaming 4K content um, to to capable televisions. But 
4K is a lot of data to move over your internet connection. And especially for people who um, have some kind of measured amount of data that they're uh, set to use every month, you can run into problems, you know, streaming 4K pretty quickly compared to streaming uh, just HDTV quality um, or lower for that matter um, onto your device. So, you know, I don't necessarily think that the next Apple TV will be a big challenge for 4K. Now, of course, there was a new standard H.265, which is higher level of compression, retaining quality. So I suppose that's going to reduce the overhead for 4K. Yes, Yes, absolutely. Um, H.265 um, is um, also called the Next Generation Video uh, Coding, or NGVC. Um, and it is uh, uh, able to provide the, the same data in or the same 4K image um, at uh, um, a, a, with... Um, a much better data compression system. So you're not moving as much data over the internet as you would otherwise. Having said that, you know, you still have, there. there is still a substantial difference in the size of the file uh, for a 4K uh, video compared to an HD video. So it's still that overhead and you have to check and see what your bandwidth cap is with your ISP. That's a problem also with the ISPs that, the bandwidth cap is almost on need-to-know basis. You really have to ask. It's buried in the fine print, and most people don't know until they exceed it. That's true. I mean, you know, for my part, my ISP um, it has a theoretical cap, but um, isn't enforcing it right now. If it were, I would blow through it every month, so I would probably have to be paying them more for the access that I get. So, so I'm very happy with my current situation. Your mileage may vary. Right. I know that if you have like satellite internet, that's got to be a problem because it's always very restricted. Like, for example, Kirk McElhern, who's the iTunes guy from Macworld, he lives in England and he has satellite internet where he gets 50 gigabytes. And he wrote a story about it in the current Macworld magazine where he has to go through conniptions in order to be able to live within that cap. But the way it works is, I think, after midnight or something, until early in the morning, he's able to have unlimited downloads. So that's the way he escapes it. But it means anything he wants to download that's large, he has to wait. Yeah, you know, he's clearly an edge case, um, you know, because Kirk is living on a farm out in the boondocks in in the UK. It's a beautiful-looking house, though. Oh, it's gorgeous. And I love his cat, Titus, too. Um, But, uh, you know, he's he's clearly an edge case. But it's more common than I think a lot of people um, might might expect. It turns out that a very large segment of people in the U.S. have no access um, to any kind of reasonable broadband whatsoever. You know, they may be paying for DSL uh, from uh, their local phone company. Uh, but that might be it. You know, they 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 don't have access to high speed internet over cable. They don't have access to high speed satellite, um, or it's so unreasonably expensive that they can't afford it. And this is um, where we have internet access for everyone, right? We've got right, Peter so, Cohen joining us. One more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Curious about what comes next? Next is the feeling of vulnerability you get after you arrive home to discover your house has been ransacked by burglars. Fool the bad guys with a new improved fake TV. You asked for it, we listened, and we made our new fake TV three times brighter than our previous model. The brightness of our new fake TV is equivalent to a 40-inch TV. It simulates the color and motion of a real TV while you're away from home. And when burglars think someone is home watching television, they're likely to pass your house and move on to an easier target. The new, brighter Fake TV is only $39.95 and includes free shipping. Go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866 404 FreezeDryGuy.com Hey everybody, Jason Lewis here with another great idea from JasonLewisTeam.com. Now how would you like an energy drink that's actually good for you? That's right, one that not only gives you an afternoon pick-me-up, but that's loaded with the most important antioxidants for reducing the damage from stress. It's called Pollen Burst, and it's a natural burst of energy that lasts for hours. Now, most energy drinks rely on a massive dose of caffeine, sugar, or even vitamin B. Pollen Burst takes a more balanced approach, and that's why I like it. I also love the fact that Pollen Burst has plenty of vitamin D and green tea extract. 
This is the best energy drink I've ever tried. So trust me, you'll not only like it better than the others, you'll love the way it's individually packaged for freshness as well. They've got these on-the-go stick packs. They're great. Pollen Burst. It's available at jasonlewisteam.com or simply call 1-855-310-TEAM. For a natural burst of energy, it's Pollen Burst at jasonlewisteam.com or 1-855-310-TEAM. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, we're looking at internet access for all. Now, Peter, it is possible with a DSL connection to get pretty high speed, but you got to be fairly close to the pedestal or transmission point. And also, they have to have fairly recent wiring. I have DSL. Here, I get 50 megabits down, okay? But obviously, the local cable provider gets me 150. But they also charge three times as much, so I'm not about to go there. Yeah, for me, it's uh, really weak DSL or um, or cable. Um, I wish I could get Fios or another um, uh, fiber connection, uh, but uh, last mile fiber doesn't exist where I live, so that's just not an option. We folks in the country, I don't live in the country, I live just outside Phoenix. Okay, let's just go through a few quick questions here about WWDC and the possibilities. So I watch possible because Apple wants to get developers on board. Maybe the Apple TV because there will be new opportunities for developers, maybe a gaming feature. That's another thing. We kind of assume that maybe there'll be a new MacBook Pro with Retina display or things like that. But Apple has promised to enter new product categories. And so far, I only see the iWatch, one product category that's new if it comes. Does Apple build the TV set? What else do they do? Well, what what more does Apple need to do besides a wearable in order for it to fulfill its promise of new product categories? Also, That's how plural, does one def- though. Plural. How does one how does one define new product category? I think we have to we have to temper our imagination uh, here with 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 a, a better understanding of language. The s- basic assumption is new categories meaning more than one. So there might be an iWatch, and then there'll be something else. But we wonder about the something else. You well, don't think of a new product category larger, as being larger, an extension. A larger iPhone, a larger iPhone could be a new category of product. Kind of pushing it, but I guess, you know, just saying. Right, but that's kind of stretching the definition, I think. I think if they come out with a 4.7-inch iPhone, which some people are suggesting or a 5.5-inch, that would be considered just a natural refresh of the existing models. It's not a new category. It's still the smartphone. Well, I, I don't want to get into a debate on, on what the meaning of is is, but, you know, well, I guess we'll see. It, it, it's, hard to, it, it's hard right now to predict what, first of all, is going to come out or be announced at WWDC versus any other time of year. You know, for example, you mentioned the MacBook Pro with Retina Display. I don't think that the MacBook Pro with Retina Display is going to be refreshed at WWDC. I think it'll happen later in the year because it happened October last year. And what's more, Broadwell chips, which are the next generation Intel processors, are are delayed. So it would be likely that we wouldn't see uh, a refreshed one. MacBook Airs, maybe, you know, or a new MacBook device that that, um, isn't necessarily a MacBook Pro. That'd be a possibility. I'm almost certain 
that uh, Mac Mini will get a refresh at WWDC. But the crystal ball um, on, on unannounced products is much more cloudy uh, for me. Um, I don't want to get pinned to any prognostication um, uh, in, in terms of new, ca- new product categories because I think you know Apple wants to surprise and delight us more than anything. What happens, though, is when we get close to the product introduction, stuff from the supply chain leaks. And that's inevitable because there's just too many people in on the secret and that information gets out. And that's why when the new gear is out, we'll learn a lot about it from the things that are coming from the rumor mills. So once we get close to the introduction, it's very likely we will begin to learn things. Obviously, Apple can keep secrets. They didn't obviously reveal that OS X Mavericks would be free. But that's not something that you'd learn from the supply chain. That's a marketing decision, just like I work. So in those areas, they can keep the secret. But as I said, with the hardware, once they get close to a release date and they've got to do the sampling and all this, it's really hard. Yeah, you know, it has been. Um, But I'm also aware that Apple is aware that its supply chain has been quite leaky and has been doing its best to plug those holes where it can find them. So uh, whether past is prologue is a little less clear to me. You know, I don't know whether or not um, silence on the supply chain end of things um, is necessarily a clear indicator of of what Apple is doing or, more importantly, not doing. I do know that the usual sources, you know, publications like DigiTimes and analysts like Ming-Chi Kuo have been coming out with, with, um, their, their list of what Apple's going to release in, in 2014. And I think that we have to take all those things with a big grain of salt because they're rarely as accurate as, as one might expect. Digitimes is seldom accurate. Yeah, Digitimes, depending on what data you're talking about, Digitimes can be accurate, but Digitimes has also been occasionally wildly inaccurate. Yeah, absolutely. But what about the TV set? Do you think Apple even wants to do anything like that? It doesn't make any sense for Apple to release a TV because TVs are a commodity market. There's no margin in it um, for for the vast majority of the market, and the market, the part of the market that that margin isn't an issue in is so rarefied. It's just not you know, an appreciable market for Apple to try to conquer. So, no, I don't think Apple is going to get a TV set. I think that Gene, um, uh, what's his name, Munster, um, the analyst who's been talking about the Apple TV uh, for all these years, is, is, has got it wrong. I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe he thinks if he repeats it year after year, he'll get it right one year and he'll say, you see, I knew it all the time. Yeah, the broken clock strikes tw- right twice a day uh, theory. Sure, okay, sure. go for it. I don't know. I think it's impractical, too. I think that's a very aging, oversaturated market. It's not like with the iPod where digital music players hadn't taken off yet. It's not like smartphones where Apple reached a whole new area of consumer-oriented devices. It's not like tablets which had gone nowhere before the iPad. Apple got in there and had room to grow. The same is true for a smartwatch. If Apple goes into the smartwatch territory, they haven't really taken off yet. None of those products. I guess they sold a few hundred thousand pebbles, but that's no big deal. They're still tech toys. And so Apple wants something that's going to be a fashion statement if they want to do something like that. It's not going to be a tech toy. And thus, if they do come up 
with an iWatch, it's going to fill a market that hasn't been filled. TVs, no, doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. You know, something, something that makes your TV better makes more sense to me. And Apple TV, you plug into any set. And it doesn't mean that Apple can't make a deal with Comcast or another cable provider or a satellite provider to funnel their content through Apple's interface like TiVo. Well, you know, the Apple TV is a very interesting case in point for Apple products because on its own, it's nothing, right? It's just a black box that sits on your entertainment center, sits on top of your TV. Um, it, independently, it doesn't really do that much. You know, it, it works with your TV, obviously, and if you've got the remote, then you've got access to all the apps on it. But what it really does, where the Apple TV's strength is in making the other Apple products that you use work that much better. So if you've got a Mac or even a PC running iTunes sitting on your network. You can share your iTunes library, and all of a sudden, all the movies, music, TV shows that you've got stored on that computer, you can stream to your Apple TV. You know, Or if you've purchased stuff through the iTunes store, all of that iTunes content is available for, for streaming over the Apple TV, over the internet. And if you've got an iPhone or an iPad, then you can stream content from that to the Apple TV. It's, it's, it's a way that the Apple TV makes the other products in your life from your TV set to your phone to your computer better and more useful to you. That's the philosophy I think Apple wants to continue with the Apple TV moving forward, not a a new uh, panel that you have to hang on your wall um, that's going to cost you thousands of dollars. That does, just doesn't make any sense to me. Peter Cohen, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can find me at imore.com and on Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. Okay, you can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. We're Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also check our web portal for more information, technightowl.com, where we have our famous Tech Night Owl blog. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast. This weekend, we have a listener roundtable at Paracast.com. It's Paracast.com. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure, Gene. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.